0: up with
1: cat hello and welcome to catch up with cat with me cat harvey the little pocket-sized show with big ideas and hopefully lots of helpful advice i'm joined this morning for a catch up by rory crawford from the rspb good morning to you rory how are you
2: good morning cat i'm well how are you
1: oh not too bad at all not too bad at all that sounds like a fascinating job what you actually get up to doing that
2: So my job at the RSPB, I've done all sorts and worked on Isla for a while, worked in Kelvin Grove Museum for a bit for the RSPB, uh, but now my job is actually working with the fishing industry to try and uh, reduce the accidental capture of birds and fisheries.
1: In your spare time, I know, because I've seen some of your videos, you are passionate about your subject and you take your kids out all the time to have a little look at nature. What have you been doing in that front recently?
2: That's right. So obviously it's a bit been a bit restricted just now because of because mm. of where we're at. But um we were very lucky to have a wee garden. So in the garden we spend a lot of time showing the kids wildlife. Um, my daughter, one of her first words was pigeon. Jackdaw was another one <laughs> um, because we're always chatting with the birds and the, the wildlife and uh, we've been using <laughs> our uh, our daily exercise to go out to our local loch and see some of the nature as well so um, I started recording a few wee videos for RSPB Scotland so they could put them out there just as a chance for, for folk to really see what's around them and, and have an idea of the birds and the wildlife that they're looking at because uh, I think we're all tuning into it a bit more just now. Why is that? I think it's... Well, one thing is... Not that we've all got more time, right? Because I've got two kids under four and still trying to work full-time. So is my wife. Chaos. It's it's not that we've got more time. And some people might feel they've got more time, but not everyone does, obviously. And, of course, many key workers, et cetera, are still working. But as part of everything being a bit quieter, really... So the roads are quieter, is one. And, of course, the skies are quieter as well. Where we live is actually on the flight path to Glasgow Airport. So normally there's planes rolling overhead and cars going up and down the road. And that's a lot quieter just now. And as well as hearing, you know, the neighbourhood kids playing or your neighbour complaining about the length of your hedge or whatever, we're also able to hear birdsong much more clearly now, I think. And I think folk are really tuning into that. And as well, if you're working at home and and staring out your window, you might have started to notice the wildlife around you, that that birds are are coming to the trees or flying outside your window or landing in your balcony or whatever. Uh, And people are just paying more attention because, I don't know, it's just our attention's been drawn to it because the sound and the sight of these things, we're we're tuning into it more.
1: And it can be so good for our mental health, can't it, this connection with nature?
2: That's right. I mean, nature's been used as part of the treatment for things like depression and for dementia and for ADHD. Um, And there's evidence that being out in nature reduces your heart rate, reduces your blood pressure and, and so serves to relax you. I think because fundamentally it's because people are part of nature, we're connected to it, and so much of our modern lives feels like it's going to take us away from that, you know, rushing around inside cars, inside buildings, in a very built environment. But really we are part of nature and we get a lot from it on an almost sort of primal level. It's amazing really.
1: And what should we be looking out for at the moment with regards the birds? Who who or what will be at our windows? Um, I mean I'm, I know there'll be different examples in terms of if you're in the city centre to if you're out in the country but what are the kind of general birdies that are about at the moment that we can be looking for?
2: So there's birds that we've got around that are, that are with us all year um, and you can see them in the winter and the summer so things that you could be looking for right now um, are like sparrows right? That's uh, one of the most common species although it's declined a lot in recent years but people can see it um, quite often and that is kind of your standard little brown bird you might think a sparrow, that's not very exciting but house sparrows are are magic wee birds they're very chatty Uh, they're always chirping away, cheeping away at each other very noisy and they live in big family groups as well so if you hear a big sort of cacophony of of cheeping in a hedge in your neighbourhood or outside your house probably it's a house sparrow sort of chestnutty brown in the back a wee sort of white chest, and, and the males have got a wee sort of black mask on so they're very cute uh, another one I look out for is starlings, and, and they are very common in cities too. There used to be a huge number of starlings under Harryman's umbrella. There used to be uh, roost under there, uh, right in the middle of Glasgow.
1: Yes, it was always very dangerous to walk under that without a hood up.
2: That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, and in the winter they gather in huge numbers, but at this time of year they've sort of paired off and gone into smaller groups to, to have their chicks. And they're really beautiful. If you look at a starling, it's got sort of iridescent blues and purples and greens on its backs. On its back, quite speckledy. It's got a nice yellow beak as well. And they're they're charming wee birds and brilliant mimics. Uh, I don't know if you remember the days of dial-up modems, cat, but. Um, when we still had,
1: had I do yes.
2: <laughs> when we still had modems sort of going. <laughs> I, I myself and others I know, I heard starlings mimicking that, so they can they can hear sounds. And wow. Noise. So why
1: would they have computers? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Indeed, that is a bigger question, and maybe that's something we can we can delve into in the, in the situation that we're in now that we've got a bit more time apparently.
1: Now, I loved one of your son's descriptions of a bird. I can't remember. It was some form of duck, I think. And he pointed it out because it had a funny hairdo. <laughs> I just thought that was genius. I was like, yes, it does. What What was that duck?
2: That was a tufted duck. And that's another one you A can
1: tufted see. duck.
2: Yeah, right. a tufted duck. Another one you can see <laughs> in, in city centre parks. You know, I've seen them in the south side of Glasgow, west end of Glasgow. You know, you can see them bobbing around with the mallards. Look pretty different. They've got the funky hairdo with a wee... Um, Tuft sticking at the back of the head. Black and white. Very distinctive and very different looking from a a mallard, which you might see bobbing around in a a nearby loch or pond.
1: Now, they all have their own distinct songs so that they can recognise each other. Um, Is it true that you can do some good bird impressions?
2: Oh, thanks, Kat. Thanks, yeah. This, I mean, this happens to everybody that works for the RSB. When they end up on the radio or sticking to something. Oh, saying, come
1: on. It's always, We're trying to cheat up the nation. We need to hear these.
2: <laughs> it's a trap. What's
1: your, right, OK. What's your best one? You can just give me your best one. What's your best one?
2: Oh, well... <laughs> Uh, so, wood pigeon, how about that? And people will be familiar with the sound of a wood pigeon, right? So
1: They're the big, big doos, aren't they? They're huge at
2: the moment. Exactly. So, different from a standard city do, which doesn't have a little white patch on its neck, and it's a bit smaller, wood pigeons okay. are a bit more sort of... a bit pudgy and more uh, sort of pudgy, or countryside cousins, let's call it. Uh, but you can, right. see them, you can see them close to the city, right? And uh, their call sounds like this. It's like... <laughs> So, how was that?
1: Sorry, I can't, I can't believe I made you do that. That's
2: very it's very ve- good.
3: <laughs> I
1: mean, it's as as do noises go. It's the best I've heard today. What about Just you, like- can,
2: what about, let's let's turn this back? I mean, what about you? Can you uh-huh. give a, a good bird impression?
1: Uh, I don't think I've ever tried. Um... Not, not, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that was It's like an angry chicken <laughs> Oh, I love it There's so much fun to be had with this And I know that the kids in particular They love their, you know, getting a bird book And spotting them and seeing that they can tick that off They've seen that How can we help the birds at this time You know, with feeding Because that's a lot of fun as well What can we be feeding them?
2: Yeah, and that's a, feeding them is actually a really good way of getting them closer so you can see them. So you might have looked out your window and seen a bird distantly in the tree, a tiny little spot. And if you don't have binoculars, how are you going to tell what it is? So feeding is a great way of bringing birds closer to your home so you can actually take a look at them and, and see what's what and start learning a bit more about them. So there's, there's various options, even if you're on a sort of first floor flat, you don't have a balcony or any space outside. You can get these little feeders that have got wee suckers on, and you can you can stick them onto the window, and they're ideal because once the birds have got accustomed to that and used to, it, they'll, they'll start to come up to them and, and feed on them. Um, and the best thing I find to feed them is, is sunflower seeds. Um, so you can feed them in, in one of those window feeders. You can you can buy a bigger feeder and fill it with sunflower seeds. You can even make your own out of an old plastic bottle and some some pipes and a, a bit of rope. Hang it onto a tree if if there's a tree available or or you can fashion something else just to hang it off of. It's better, closer to a bit of cover is ideal because they like to jump out of the the bushes or or trees, feed away and then jump back in again.
1: Now, before you go, tell us about the RSPB um, Breakfast Birdwatch. That's become very popular, hasn't it?
2: That's right. Well, I mean, as you say, people are really connecting to nature and, and, and paying more attention to it. So every day, what we're doing now is encouraging folk to look out the windows, or at the balconies or out in the gardens, whatever they've got, look out for what birds you can see and and tell us what you're seeing. Take photos if you can, um, draw pictures with the kids, whatever it is, but get them up on social media. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you use. Um, and, and tell us what you're seeing just use the hashtag Breakfast Bird Watch and tell us all about uh, the birds and other wildlife that you're that you're seeing at that time of the day really and it's just to encourage folk to, to make that connection with nature and find a bit more about what they're looking at and if you don't know what you're looking at use the hashtag and, and ask the question what is this and, uh, and send a picture or a description and uh, there'll be um, parts of the RSPB team online to, to try and help answer those questions
1: Well that was a lot of fun Rory you've taught me a lot about birds And uh, before you go, I'd like you to say goodbye to me in the style of a blackbird.
2: Obviously.
1: Uh, I do? absolutely love it Rory Crawford uh, could you just say goodbye to me an Angry Chicken please? <laughs> <laughs> there you go Rory Crawford from the RSPB. thank you so much for joining me for a wee catch up
2: <laughs> catch up with cats. we're in this together
1: don't forget you can send a voice message to highlight the people that you'd love to thank Just go to the website and all you have to do is click on the Catch Up With Cat page for details. And remember, check out clearyourhead.scot for lots of great advice. Catch
0: Up With Cat.
1: Joining me for a catch up is Kirsten Urquhart, Director of Scotland's National Youth Information and Citizenship Charity, Young Scot. Hello, Kirsten, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on today. No bother, it's always lovely to get people from Young Scot on because it's such a wonderful, wonderful organisation giving young people a voice in. Make, helping them make decisions, don't they?
3: Is that kind of at the heart of what you do? Absolutely. I think you know, we're absolutely youth-led. Young people are at the heart of everything that we do, from the Young Scott card that lots of people will know about through to our kind of youth information provision to our kind of co-design opportunities. So young people are really at the heart of everything that we do at Young Scott. And how important do you think it is for an organisation like Young Scott
1: to be... So predominant at the moment, at times like this, for people to have somewhere to turn to.
3: Absolutely. So I think at the moment, when there's lots of information out there, there's lots of kind of noise. Um, there's lots of opinion out there in relation to coronavirus that we felt was really important to make sure that Young Scot were providing quality assured information for young people, which is really tailored and targeted for young people. A lot of it's being co-created by young people um, and actually engaging with the experts and, and as, asking them the questions that young people want to know. Um, So it's been really important for us to have that space um, online and across all the kind of different social media platforms that we operate on to make sure that we are kind of prominent and and providing that quality information. So our main platform, um, young.scot forward slash coronavirus, is a kind of hub for all that information. Um, But as I say, there's lots of activity across other, other platforms as well. I'm very curious, Kirsten, how do you define young? Is there, a, is there an age cut off <laughs>
1: well,
0: be careful
3: how you see that <laughs> um, we work we young people aged um, age 11 to 26 so I'm um, okay. use your, right you can use your young Scott card up until your 26th birthday so um, right fair so, uh, enough I, I might just have sneaked
1: past <laughs> that particular date uh, that age group but never mind never mind I was (laughs) still young at heart that's half the battle now I would love to talk about the Young Scott Clear Your Head challenge tell us all
3: about that what does it involve absolutely so um, Young Scott have been working um, in partnership with the Scottish Government Clear Your Head um, campaign which is all about making sure that people kind of understand that it's okay and maybe not to feel okay at the moment that you might be kind of experiencing um, kind of issues around mental health and emotional well being but actually there's Lots that you can do, and there's lots of information and support out there. But in typical kind of young Scott fashion, we want to make sure that we're providing young people with kind of opportunities and activities to take part in. So, as part of the Clear Your Head um, campaign, we have launched the Clear Your Head Challenge, um, and it's really building on kind of youth trends, things that young people like to take part in. And a lot of the challenges have been co designed by young people, by some of our young volunteers. So, you basically, we, for the month of May, we have 31 challenges one each day and it's things kind of ranging from kind of um, you know taking part in kind of TikTok dances which is hugely popular um, for all young people you know um, things like a keepy-uppy challenge and um, recreating baby photos and um, basically activities that um, you Take part in safely, kind of um, from your home, um, but also a, a way that you can connect with other people. So while there's no pressure to take part in all 31 challenges, it's just really a bit of ideas and inspiration for things that you might be able to do and tag your friends in, and and really have a bit of fun in terms of um, the activities um, during this kind of uncertain time. So um, yeah, there's lots of there's lots of things to to try your hand at. You've just mentioned the big F word there, fun. Young people need that at the moment, don't they? Absolutely. And I think that we've seen that across, particularly across different social media channels. I think a lot of um, young people, a lot of people are kind of tackling some of this, you know, this time that we're in, which is, you know, nobody really knows what, what they should be doing, what's the right thing to do. And there's no right thing to do, really. And and so I think tackling it with a bit of humour, um, you know, I think particularly on, on things, places like TikTok, there's a very strong Scottish kind of community on there, a lot of kind of Scottish context, a bit of Scottish banter, and um, a lot of the memes and things that are going around so being able to, to have a bit of fun with it um, you know add a bit of humor into it and really do something quite positive is really important for us I mean obviously we're not making light of the situation and we know that while everybody are in everybody's experiencing coronavirus the situation at the same time not everybody's having the same experiences um, in terms of, of what they're going through but absolutely the opportunity to kind of provide inspiration and some ideas for young people to take part in I think is 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 no bad thing and what's been your favorite one so far then of all the challenges um, i quite like to recreate the baby photo one <laughs> have I you was, done it yourself i haven't <laughs> actually i haven't actually but um, my 12 year old niece um, was sending you one that you've done herself which was really funny. So once they've done your challenges how do they get involved with you then? I'm guessing they're putting their videos and their pictures up on social media with you. Yes yeah, so we're, we're kind of asking young people to take part in the challenges so you can go to the Young Scott website young.scot and you can see all the challenges. You can also go on um, we're on TikTok on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter all the kind of usual places you'd expect. So you can take part in it and then you can share your, um, your content, your imagery, your videos um, using the hashtag clear your head challenge and um, if you can kind of at us tag us in any of your content which is at young scott and we'll be sharing some of those across our platforms as well we've also got some of our young volunteers taking part so hopefully you'll get inspiration from uh, from some of those challenges as well and
1: there's a hashtag clear your head challenge you can put that on your photographs and videos as well so kirsten you're very important you must have some of the top secret challenges for the next few weeks up your sleeve. Can you give us any sneaky peeks?
3: Any clues at all? Yeah, I mean, maybe a few. I mean, I think we've got some good, <laughs> good ones coming up, some good creative ones, some ones which are building on some kind of key trends. Um, but, you uh, know, definitely want to keep, keep an eye on some of our uh, ones about kind of making little documentaries and things. So, so, lots, I think there's enough in there for everybody to keep everybody interested.
1: Oh, it sounds absolutely brilliant. And what a great idea to get people creative and having a bit of fun. And I guess the idea is to get their friends involved as well so they've got
3: that connection going on too. Absolutely. And I think the whole clear your heads kind of campaign is really about kind of making sure you're still feeling connected, you have a bit of routine, you have some activities that you can take part in. So I think involving your friends as much as possible, kind of tagging them in content and um, sharing ideas, kind of swapping messages with your friends about maybe some approaches that you could take to the challenges. Um, you know, I think we want to encourage that sense of collaboration um, and just being connected with your friends because it's difficult at the moment, you know, that that people aren't being able to see each other physically. So we want to make sure that people are still connected um, through these challenges. Kirsten Urquhart from Young Scott, thank you so much for joining me for a wee catch-up. Perfect, thanks so much for
1: having me. No problem and don't forget you can get loads of helpful advice at the website clearyourhead.scot.
2: Catch up with Cat. We're in this together. Now
1: it's time to hear about some of your local heroes. My name's Callum Terrace and I want to thank my Uncle Stuart who's a surgeon at Cross House Hospital. Thank you, Uncle Stuart.
2: We live in Tinningham, uh, which is in East Lothian. I'd like to thank Eleanor Evans, who's a Clarsach player normally based in Edinburgh, but who's been staying in Tinningham since the lockdown. I'd like to thank her for the regular Friday evening concerts she's been giving from her garden and also for playing Happy Birthday for residents as their birthdays have, come, have fallen due uh, from the youngest to the oldest in the village. Thank you very much, Eleanor. For bringing a little bit of cheer into such a dark time. Catch up with cats. We're in this together.
1: Don't forget if you need any help about stress, sleeping, staying connected, or managing a routine, check out clearyourhead.scot, which has loads of brilliant advice. Catch up with
0: Cat.
1: Joining me tonight for a wee catch up, I am delighted to say, is award winning author Jenny Cogan. Hi Jenny, thanks for joining us. How are you? Oh, I'm not too bad actually. The sun's still shining. I can't believe
0: it. I, I'm, I'm tempted to ruin it by like ordering some, ordering some garden furniture or something.
1: <laughs> so what have you been working on at the moment then? I know you've got a book coming out very, very soon. So how does that work in the kind of crazy times that we're in at the moment?
0: Well, do you know, it's kind of, I do, well, the bookshop in the short is out now. That's the one you can buy in like supermarkets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 500 Miles is about to come out, which is a big Proclaimers novel. It's not actually about the proclaimers.
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, seriously.
0: A romantic yeah, yeah, novel about the a proclaimers. Of just romantic boys. No. <laughs> no, it's about a couple who are five hundred miles apart, which for lockdown is actually not bad. Um, but you know it's weird because I'm thinking about writing for next year's book and thinking, well, do you think people want to remember it? Or I I'm going to include it. And then, if it turns out that, no, everybody just wants to go to the pub and have a party, <laughs> um, then we might turn it into something else that happened, you
1: know? <laughs> That's, That's the joys thing. of creativity. You can do what you like with it. Take it wherever, wherever you want to take it. Now, Jenny, writers are probably uh, one of the professions more used to this kind of operating system, you know, isolating, working from home. Have you got any tips that you've learned over the years, been locked in a cupboard with your typewriter... For those of us that are still trying to get our heads around it.
0: Yeah, I mean, just kind of keeping a schedule, you know. I, I think when I first started writing about 20 years ago and I gave up my job, and I was like, I shall never get up in the morning again. <laughs> uh, and I realised pretty fast that that was no particular way to get anything done. Plus, also, I like to leave work, you know. I like to leave work at the end of the day and go and think about other stuff. So I found that was quite important. So the big, you know, just trying to dem It's not easy. I know it is not easy. But trying to demarcate your day. I get, I'm sitting here. I'm talking to you, right? Can't see you. Can't see anyone. I've got a full face of makeup and lipstick and Oh! Earrings. <laughs> I know. And, and that's, earrings that's because totally I told you it was a... Much.
1: That's because I told you it was a Zoom call. I should have told you it's Zoom audio anyway. I'm standing in pyjamas and I haven't washed my hair oh. for two days, so. <laughs> oh, sorry, oh, that's I'm We're, in a- we're <laughs> meant to not wash our hair for this whole time.
0: <laughs> and the idea is your hair will return to some natural glorious state. And I tried it. I tried it for two and a half days before I cracked. I went, this is disgusting.
1: <laughs> it just doesn't work, does it? No, no. I'm clean. I am clean. But I am in my pyjamas. That's actually the truth. So why do you think the need to have the release of a good book is more important now than ever, do you think?
0: I think in lockdown, to begin with, some people were finding it a wee bit difficult to concentrate. And I think that's fine. I was the same, you know, because the news is so frightening. And I went and read, like, uh, I read what Katie did to, you know, like my own children's books. <laughs> and funnily enough, that kind of really helped kind of get me into, you know, up to kind of cruising speed and I could read again. But for me... I love
1: what I like in a book that they can hit you somewhere else, you know? If you think, okay, everything's a wee bit much. It's proper escapism, isn't it? And I think right now that's definitely what we need. So what kind of book would you suggest then to get that feeling of escapism and to lift the gloom that we have surrounding us quite often? And feel free to tell us all about yours.
0: (laughs) Well, obviously. Well, you see, what I was going to do though is I put that at the end, so that's the one that you remember, you see. (laughs) You tell I've been doing this a so while. Well. <laughs> uh, I mean, you want something funny. I think Sophie Kinsella, who writes the Shop Ahoy books, I think they're hilarious. So that uh, lights me up. But I also like things like, you know, James Herriot, those old vet books. I yeah. love those. They're such escapism. They're so sweet and they're funny and they're simple. Or you might want a really rollicking thriller like a Lisa Jewell, you know, they're fantastic, they're twisty, you don't know what's happening. So you're like, oh what's gonna happen, what's gonna happen, what's gonna happen.
1: Now you've written so many successful novels like the Rosie Hopkins Sweet Shop series and the Little Beach Street Bakery series. Why do you think people love this particular type of fiction? I think, do you
0: know, people are always got all romance or all romantic comedy or whatever. I think picking the person you're going to share your every waking moment with is one of the most important things
1: you're ever going to do. Now, as well as your romantic novels, you've been writing sci-fi as well, and in particular Doctor Who, which I know a lot of people will be like, wow, so how did that come about for you?
0: Well, I've I've been a big fan all my life since I was wee, and um, so I kind of wrote to them and I said, could I write some Doctor Who, please? This is a little while ago. And they went, oh, you know, you're a romantic writer, you're just going to fill it with kissing. And I was like, no, no. And then the TV show did nothing except for kissing and and having them get married for like five years. Um, so I love, I've had so much fun. I've written for all all the new Doctors and some of the old Doctors. And, you know, David Tennant comes back in and records, because he's like a massive fan. So he comes back in and records. Um, I write new plays uh, for the Doctor and for Donna, and he comes in and does those. And... It's just really fun. If you love Doctor Who, or in fact, if you love anything, you'll understand what fun it is
1: to do. Something like that. Uh, and it's it's really fun. for That people. sounds absolutely amazing. Now, what's your favourite type of bedtime reading then? You know, to turn your little brain off at the end of a night, what's your favourite book type to pick up? Oh,
0: I read, like most writers, I will read anything not through, i don't i'm not crazy anything anything where like kids are in danger getting kidnapped i can't you know that kind of stuff but apart from that pretty much anything else I mean, at the moment oh i'm reading i know everybody else read it ages ago but i'm reading wolf Hall, which is brilliant but i will read i, I read a ton of non-fiction stuff about uh, plagues when all this started you know i, I really will read <laughs> anything but here's the thing cat yep terrible habit of getting through about four
1: pages and then just falling fast asleep but that's good that's what we want that's what we want at this time of night we want to. we want to unwind so i i need a book to sleep i can't go to sleep without actually reading I've, I've been like that since i was a little girl so um and i usually have like two or three books on the go at the same time so depending on my mood well depending on what book i pick up so you know there's a lot of stabby scottish crime noir and then there's a wee bit of romantic stuff if I'm feeling that way inclined so I think it's good to mix and match and have all these different options
0: (laughs) yes and sometimes heavy and sometimes light of course I love all the stabby scots noir I should say that right because they'll kill me but
1: uh... (laughs) Jenny some people might be listening to this right now and they think they've had you know they might have stories inside them that they're dying to share never had the confidence to give it a go maybe get a wee bit more time in their hands I'm not saying everyone's going to become an award-winning author like you but would you re- recommend they just gave it a bash anyway?
0: Well, yeah, yes, because I would always think anyone should have the bash at writing it down, and particularly, do you know what everybody wishes they've got older relatives to do is to write a memoir of when they oh, were little? Such
1: a good idea! Just
0: write, mm. you know, the, the things people did when they were small. It's a different country. Even the things I did, I mean, my husband did when we were we, it sounds like a mystery to my children. And if you could write down just what it was like, even if you think it's the most boring thing in the world, your children and your grandchildren will treasure it, is one thing, I think. Uh, and then the second thing is, there's, uh, there's no reason that anyone can't write a novel because everyone has something to say. Um, but if you're saying to yourself, oh, this is the time I must do that, I wouldn't stress out too much about that, you know? Professional writers are, I'm writing about half what I normally write, professional writers are finding it difficult at the moment, you know, or I was like, oh, I'm going to get super fit. Well, no, I'm not, because things are weird, you know, and I'm probably just going to have more toast than I would normally have. So, if you Everyone should do this. Write about your childhood. It's interesting. Uh, If you've always wanted to write a novel, but you find it hard just now, that's totally normal. Uh, So don't worry about it. And it doesn't mean that you won't ever write one. Uh, And if you're thinking, I probably couldn't write a novel, well,
1: why not, you? You know? Why not, indeed. Absolutely brilliant words. And I love that idea about writing down uh, stories from your childhood, because there's so many little gems that folk can... 20, 30, 40 years time. We'll never believe that we actually did (laughs) and survived and survived, but um, we had a great time doing it. So award winning author, Jenny Colgan, whose new book, 500 miles from you is out when it's out in June and bookshop on the shore is out in paperback right now. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me for a wee catch up. I'll let you go and grab a good book and fire your pajamas on and you can take that makeup off now. (laughs) Thanks, boss.
2: Catch up with Cat. We're in this together.
1: Don't forget to check out the website clearyourhead.scot for plenty of top tips on how to unwind and get to sleep. I'm back tomorrow morning at 9.40 when award-winning chef Mark Greenaway has an immune-boosting recipe for all the family. I really hope it's chips and cheese.
2: Catch up with Cat In association with the
3: Scottish Government.